With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Welcome, everybody, to the Blood and Mud podcast. Hello. Hello. The podcast that really wants to do the full two hours of the Franchi Argentina rewatch. Yeah, I don't want anything else out of. I mean, that's all we're going to talk about this week, presumably. I assume. Yeah, I mean, there, there anyway. were other games, but what what is the point? Oh, yeah, I mean, France we'll, Argentina we'll, game was. We'll come on to it, but yeah, why would we talk about anything? I'll else? give a little bit of Lee's house um, context. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. The France Argentina game. My daughter and wife. My son doesn't live here anymore, as we know. My daughter mm-hmm. and wife had gone out for the evening to watch the 95 musical starring Louise Redknapp Where's live that? in Liverpool with some oh, Okay, fair, fair enough. I was going to say, is she playing like Colin Bay or something? That's, that's Liverpool that Empire, as it goes. Fair enough, yeah, yeah. And uh, off they went. So I'd been working on The Guardian and all that. So I finished work just as the France game was starting, mm-hmm. watched the first half, half-time, cooked myself a steak, Ate it with nothing else, just yeah. steak. Then watch the second half. Now I know there are better Saturday nights in the world. While sat alone in my house, so I could know my own mind. I, I don't know if there are. <laughs> <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, I'm not sure we can definitively say that there are any better days than that. That was a wonderful, wonderful evening. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But surely we will be talking about that later on, won't we? I would okay. imagine so, yeah. So welcome along, everybody. Hello, I'm uh, I'm Lee. You know you that. Are. And over there is 
I'm Josh. I remain Josh. Just well, well, you say you remain Josh, but you are now mm. Blue Tick Joshua, are you not? On the Twitter. Oh, yeah. You are official. I'm officially me, which, you know, you could argue I've officially been me for some time, but, you know, now I'm really me. They so, can't think of. Apart from the tick, what do you get? What it, what What's the experience of a blue, um, blue tick man? I mean, you get a whole concierge thing whenever you log on. There's, you know, people who tweet for you. There's a, <laughs> a, a private members channel. I mean, I joke about there being a private members channel, but there is. it's one of the most bleak and sad things I could possibly imagine. But when you get your little blue tick, like, mm. you know, when you only got, like, all and mentions on your notifications bit, mm. there's, like, a special bit that just says verified. That's where all the verified people go. All the blue it's, tick responses going out of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It like filters out all of the <laughs> what they considered the high quality people. It's genuinely, genuinely. Was the concierge thing depressing. a joke? Yeah, yeah, it was a joke. I was going to say, fuck me. You don't get it. like a funny log on thing. <laughs> I did it because of my job, uh, and I feel a bit silly having it, if I'm honest. But you know, well, you shouldn't feel silly, Josh. You are an official man of ranking. Apparently so. Not yeah. just in I this mean, podcast, they, obviously. They fucking gave it to me, so more fool them, to be honest. So how does it work then? Did they say do you have to apply or do they You do have to you just have to apply and say hello, I'm a journalist of an outlet. I don't want people pretending to be me on the internet. Here we go. And then they go, because yeah. Because we have had some are. trouble with a with a twat, haven't we? Let's be honest. We've had, so we've had problems, you know, we, I've had various problems with twats over the years. <laughs> and uh, occasionally one of them was pretending to be me. That was weird. Remember that? Mm. When they uh, they t- tried to pretend, they, they momentarily set up a parody Twitter account of me that lasted about six yes, days. I'd forgotten about that. It was very that, weird, yes. that. It wasn't very funny. But it was very weird. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if that, if that was you who did that listening, uh, congratulations, because you maybe just go, this is a bit fucking weird. I don't know if I like it for about a week. Yes. Indeed. But Ben, uh, Russell, ben Russell says the Twitter, the Twitter CEO must be a big fan of a big light or lamp. I mean, it is my most uh, significant and important cultural, like, addition to the world i think it's the biggest sort of most important cultural offering that i've given to it and you know, obviously it's sweeping the nation now so well we thought the all-star game was a thing that would grab worldwide attention i, I thought they? so i genuinely thought so but apparently not but it turns out it's the epic mm. big light or lamp game <laughs> refit man says now that josh has a blue tick does that mean he has horribly centrist takes and everything i mean yeah well, strap in and find out guys i'm about to be right down the middle Josh is the least centrist person I've met. <laughs> I'm centrist, take, to be honest. I'm probably, I'm probably, yeah, I probably am more. I am a dad, and I am centrist. I'm tragic, basically, probably. So, <laughs> see, the irony is, I consider myself to be broadly down. Well, at once, but one point, I considered myself to be relatively centrist. But I think the last couple of years has rendered that whole position increasingly silly. So, I think the weird thing about, you know, like I've probably said this before, you know, the American Midwest is not actually in the West of America. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. It's actually in the middle. It's actually in the East. A lot of it. If you draw a line yeah. down the middle of America, it's true. It's very true. It's most of it's in the east of america but it's called the midwest and i do get that this country now has been has become anything that sort of suggests like nationalizing the railways means you're an unhinged communist lunatic yeah exactly so, so. So anything to the anything to the left yeah. of 
So yeah, what the left is now, what the centre is yeah. now, is completely out of the window, isn't it? So, yeah, it so I suppose, given what most of our views might be, we're probably <laughs> centre now, or are we? Oh, I don't know. I, I think we're. I think it doesn't matter. I think we're basically uh, Maoists in the eyes of a lot of rugby union. So, so <laughs> in the true Maoist threads, we're now going to stop washing for the rest of our lives and live yeah. in one room like he did. Oh. We're going to collectivise this podcast. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't and, even know yeah. what that means. It just sounded funny. We've collectivised it, and every <laughs> single thing we do will be the greatest. Another triumph for the People's <laughs> Republic of Blood and Mud. So. Indeed. Right, hello, everybody. So anyway, I'm Lee. There is, is Blue Tick Joshua. Uh, obviously, it's been a very busy weekend of rugby, of which we'll be talking a lot. So we will try, vainly, those. probably, to, to yes. raise through these beginning bits and then do a load of weekend chat behind the paywall, obviously, um, mm-hmm. to get a big reward for you, patients. Thank you very much. But before we do that, we'll let people like to say, what well, apart from watching all the rugby and me eating a steak in the France game, what have you been up to this weekend, John? Uh, I do, you know when it gets week, to that point, it, you know when it gets to that point in the year where you just go, I've got to sort the garden out before winter and cut everything back and chop down everything that's dead now. That was the, me on Sunday. It was a... We fill, uh, fill a big bin with cuttings and shit. Was and... it in time for your last brown bin collection? There's uh, no worse than when you brush it all up and you stick it, you think, fuck, they're not coming till March. <laughs> See, we get they collect my green bin all year round, but I have to Do pay they really? but I have to pay thirty-five pounds a year for the privilege. Otherwise, well, let me tell you be, this. You won't pick up my green bin at all. In Flintshire, I've got to pay thirty-five pounds a year for not even all year round service. I mean, they pack it abs- in October. That is an absolute disgrace. I mean, to be fair, they might well stop it here and I just don't notice. <laughs> exactly. As, as, far, as far as I'm aware. Because <laughs> yeah, there's nothing to cut, is there, between October and March? No, so exactly. You wouldn't notice, would you? Yeah. And my garden's not that big that, like, I have to do a pretty serious clean-up to fill that bin. I've got a... My, my willow tree died and got oh. cut down and taken away, which is very sad. Yeah. Um, And what's happening now which I'm loving, in fact, is all around my willow tree stump that was left behind is a, a veritable fucking terrifying forest of mushrooms. <laughs> what and is up like, with mushrooms this year? I was like, what's going on here then? It turns out they feed off the rotting... They live on the rotting trunk. Right, okay. Because So I've basically noticed... they said, as long as you can stand to have them there, leave them, because they'll just keep feeding off the trunk till it dies, and they'll rot into the ground, and... So I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. all about biodiversity. That's a centrist thing to Fucking do, isn't it? Biodiversity in your garden. Damn right. I tell you so, what, yeah. though, I've noticed a lot of mushrooms this year. Maybe I just, maybe it's just my, I'm just noticing it. But I feel like there's more mushrooms this year, like just around the place. They're everywhere. Is that a controversial take? I don't know. I well, I have some in my front garden as well, which I've not had most years. So I can't. Is it because it's warmer and wetter than usual? It's it might be the warm. It's still it's still like fuck. It's November and it's fucking twelve degrees. It was thirteen degrees here today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mushrooms are fucking loving it. Shorts yeah, they must on, be crazy mother. Taking up all the fucking towels on the, on the uh, sunbeds. Loving life. Honestly. So yeah, that was me. So Sunday, my nan come round. My nan's eighty four mm. now, and mm. she's and um, I was treated to uh, the entirety. Her life now is just a caravan <laughs> of cafe disappointments. So I was treated to the full reasons as to the nut. She's been she went to four cafes, as you called cafes last week. Cafes yeah, yeah, yeah. Last week, and was disappointed by each of them for different reasons. 
including one of them. She, she's got no idea what Hit things me. cost, yeah, yeah. what things cost, so she's fuming. Plus so she went stuff. to one, and I went to one. They said, I ordered a chicken burger. It mm-hmm. come, it were all made. Mm-hmm. She said, but it were all right, but it were like that big. They're obsessed with big, about that big, she said. And on the side, the thinnest chips I've ever seen, she said. She's never allowed to go to the gourmet <laughs> burger kitchen. <laughs> the thinnest, £12.95, <laughs> the thinnest chips I've ever seen. I said, that sounds bad, that now. So anyway, I went to another one. They said, do you want this? Well, I said, I didn't. I said, I'll just have a toasted tea cake. So they brought it out. They brought it out to me. And it come, it come. Or they buttered it. They just buttered the middle of it, just in the middle there. Nothing around the outside. And they, I, don't, I didn't want them to butter it before they brought it out. So I said, okay, Nana. So did you ask them to bring you some more butter? You can do that outside. Do that outside. Well, no, I didn't want to do that. And it's just open anyway. <laughs> and I was like, well, so ben, what you've done is instead of giving this young couple who've opened a cafe a chance to like, yeah, yeah. right, you're just yeah. basically passive aggressively going around the whole of <laughs> Northeast Wales, slagging them off because of the butter yeah. policy. Like they've not given you've not given them a chance to actually just do. The bare minimum of like putting some a mistake right in the service industry, which is pretty. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I mean, thank you. Gotta, she can't you gotta use, love the she can't use Trip Advisor, but she's she's a thank God for that. Frankly, <laughs> shutting down places left and right. But I want to go to that cafe just to see if I can quantify, you know, if I can quantify the figure, that, you know, and. The, the thinnest <laughs> chips that anyone's ever seen. I want to go there to see what that actually is. Genuinely, if she, if she ever goes to the Gourmet Burger Kitchen and sees their skinny fries, which even I think, as a fan of the skinny fry, are a bit much. Oh, all right. Controversial. I mean, I mean, they're basically like matches. That's the level of thinness we're talking I'm not exaggerating there. Have they the are French matched. got a word for that specific kind of Probably, fruit. yeah. But it's almost like it's more like shredded almost. They're very tasty and very crispy, and I do like a crispy fry, but she would lose her fucking mind. Oh, yeah, she's so she's yeah, so I, I can't wait for next week where she's going next week to have her life ruined. Oh, that was the other thing, actually. I was doing the garden, um, supposed to be doing obviously, um, I was supposed to be doing the garden with my in laws, um, okay, who were coming over from Somerset because they like to garden and their garden is perfect and they like it. They like to do garden things. And they judge you as a result of it. A little bit, yeah. But, you know, it's free labour, so I'm not going to complain. But my father-in-law was feeling a bit under the weather yesterday. So uh, just my mother-in-law came over. And so I was, you know, in the garden for about three hours with my mother-in-law. And she just, you know, she did her thing and cracked on. After about half an hour, I realised that as I was sort of raking up leaves and stuff, because, like, there were tools involved, I kind of... Started singing. Uh, I got hose in different area codes to myself, <laughs> and then after, I realised that I'd been doing that sort of out loud to myself because you know you're doing gardening. There's a hoe. I, I'd made myself laugh with the little joke, and then yes. it got stuck in my head. So for half an hour, in the presence of my mother-in-law, I was just singing about having hose in different area codes, and I don't know if she noticed, but she didn't say anything to me. So it'll just it'll just go unspoken between you. <laughs> In about 15 years, it'll come out. Well, there you go. More gardening scenarios and all that Indeed. kind of stuff. Um, I mean, Nan and a cafe disappointments. So uh, anyway, so that's us this Exciting weekend. Stuff. I'm off to, in other words, in other news, you know, I, people don't really go to the office anymore. I've not been in the office much. Tomorrow, mm. I'm going to Birmingham overnight. What the fuck? Yeah. I mean, my first trip away is Birmingham overnight. Well, that is absolutely obscene. Isn't it? 
So yeah, I've got to get a train at eight o'clock tomorrow. The train with other people at eight o'clock tomorrow morning and go to Birmingham. Although it's a conference thing, I'm actually I'm actually genuinely quite looking forward to the to the subject I mean, of it. But I mean, it's nice to do something a bit different, isn't it? Just yeah. But I'm, I'll be I'll be taking my tape measure and measuring the thickness of the chips. That's all I'm saying. Absolutely. So if you want to get in touch with us, I am Lee at bloodandmud.com or Don't at bloodandmud on L Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to get in touch with me any other way, really. No. I'm on Instagram, but I don't you use are. that for anything to do with this podcast. It's mostly just me noodling on my guitar and taking photos of the dog. But you're welcome Same. along if that's what you want to come have a look at. Indeed. And what about you, Josh? Uh, at Josh Gardner or indeed uh, at Rocked underscore Mag for more apparel-related chat. Uh, somebody emailed me on the pod email again this week. Uh, it's quite a funny joke. I didn't respond, but it was. I thought it was good. I shared it in the Facebook group. But you know, just show I am reading these things. I'm never going to respond ever, but I am reading these things. Anna S says Birmingham Lee is luxury. I've had to do an overnight trip to Widness. <laughs> oh, Widness uh, also thinking to change his name to. They're going to change his name to What's That Fucking Smell? Because that's what people say <laughs> the minute they arrive there usually. <laughs> The old chemical plants. Um, there's, yeah. a, there's a lovely old solid uh, in Mountain Ash near where I'm from. There's a lovely old uh, horrendous piece of post-industrial toxic horrendousness that used to be a smokeless fuel works until I was about five or six. You know when they like made they turned like coal into things what didn't smoke that were supposed to be cleaner, but they just sort of and it yes. genuinely. It's been 30 years it's shut, and it still smells of gas. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. It isn't funny. It's, but it's... It's, it's, it's genuinely horrendous, like, in terms of the environmental impact that that thing must Mountain have. Mountain Ash is another – I found this out – gardening, because we've planted a, a, a rowan tree in our gardens. Yes. It's a native English British species. Um, and that's I didn't know that's all that's also called Mountain Ash, which I'm assuming is something to do with where that town got its name from. Yeah, I guess there must be lots of mountain ashes. I mean it was described it was called the Furnacite plant, or just the Furnacite, if you Yeah, anthracite and furnacite with with a yeah. big sort of a development in house coal to try yes. and convince you you weren't killing everyone and yourself. <laughs> yes, it was for basically for London. So that people so that London had less smog. Um, people in the Cunner Valley got cancer. So <laughs> that's yeah. a, that's the pitch for Erin Brockovich too. Done there. I by mean, Josh, so. I mean, it, we, you've you've watched that thing about Dupont. It's, Dark Waters, belting film. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they could easily looks quite them. a lot like Mountain Ash. That bit of uh, yeah, West Virginia, they, whatever it is, it's in. Yeah, I think there could be one about the furnace there's a lot of superstition about the rowan tree, particularly in Scotland. Okay. Yeah, apparently it's still considered bad luck in Scotland if a rowan tree falls on your car. I mean, I'd consider it bad luck if anything fell on my <laughs> car, but <laughs> each to their own. So um, mm. that's how we get in touch with us. We're on ACAS. We're on Apple. We're on Patreon.com. Slash. Slash. Blood and mud. Well, you can come along and get yourself a joining thing. 
You come up to the window, mm-hmm. you throw your money on the counter, you say, let me in, let me in, and we will let you in to the Facebook group, Damn which you right. only get if you're a patron. We'll let you in to the Patreon private RSS feed where you get all of the episodes unclipped and you get extra episodes and all that malarkey. Yeah, Yeah, you do. £2 a month or £20 for the entire year. Get it out of the way. Just pay it, sorted. Get all of us, all of this every week. That's how I pay for my Premier Sports and that's how I'm still subscribed to Premier Sports because I keep forgetting to cancel it every year. Somehow lost my Sky Sports subscription when signing up for Sky Glass. Really? Hmm. I mean, yeah. Not the end of the world. Fuck all on Sky Sports anymore. Yeah, but then I wanted to watch the Browns last night, so I had to ah, sign up again. But it's, mm-hmm. a, it's on a one-month rolling contract now, so I can't nah, that. Um, so, yeah. Other thing you pay for, £5 a month or £50 for the whole year, you get you get a bit of a biography read out on here. You do, yeah. I'm not any this week, so there's no biographies no. to read out. So, Oh, well. So there you go. If you want that, though, crack if on. If you want that. Yeah. Patreon.com. With your fingers, mash them into the keyboard, patreon.com slash blood and mud. And you can come along and get a special membership. You get an app. You can use the RSS feed in any of your usual podcast apps. It's all it's all wonderful stuff. Wonderful stuff. It is indeed. Shall we begin as we always begin, Josh? I think we better add. Let's talk with a player spotted. Now, patron and long-term long-term supporter of the pod, Tom Osdobe, has been in touch. Hello. Who really wanted me to read this out because he sent it to me three times. <laughs> I mean, so I... <laughs> see, the difference between you and I there is that that would then make me less likely to read it out just for yeah. being difficult sake. But, but it's an opportune time to read it out because Tom, Tom lives in France, right? And Tom says, Toulouse really is Valhalla. Fair dude. Oh, fair play. He I says it's Friday. Bra- this is a few. This is ages ago now because he sent it to me three times. But either way, just he said sighting of none only than Antoine Dupont <sighs> spotted. It's a big gun. Spotted sitting at a pop-up refreshment venue on a boulevard popular among the city's Petanka players. I mean, it's perfect, isn't it? I a bet past- he's fucking brilliant at Petanka. Of course he fucking is. A pastime I simply cannot muster much interest in, says Tom. Hmm. I love how the French can make anything look cool, like Patank and yeah. shit. Like if the French did crown green bowling, everyone would want to do it, wouldn't they? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, there's a pub around the corner from me that's got its own Patank fucking, I don't know what you call a big bit of gravel field. Not really. That. Is Patank the one they lob the balls? The bulls? Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, silver bulls, isn't it? Unless I'm totally wrong. That's the only French game I know. Specific French game, I yeah, guess. Yeah, Patank is the... The shiny silver balls on the gravel. That's the one. Yeah. Anyway, so um, even the off-season, the young man was steadfast with a Perrier, distinguishing himself from everyone else around. As French norms of indifference indifference dictate, remarkably little attention was given to his presence. (laughs) I love French norms of indifference. That's a beautiful sentence. And he gave the young man working behind the bar a fist bump as he grabbed his motorbike helmet what? and made a quiet exit. Antoine Dupont on a motorcycle. It's a see, I can't picture it's like I I'm sorry, I can't picture Antoine Dupont on a hog. But I can picture him on a little scooter. See, I've got him on like a junior kickstart scrambler type thing. <laughs> Yeah, just revving it way too much and doing a little wheelie as he drives down the street. Yeah. 
As he drives off. But I can also see him being one of those ones with like a Vespa with one of those annoying horns and like an open helmet. And he's like, meep, meep, and off. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just pitching Anton de Ponte and Julia Kickstart with Peter Purvis. (laughs) Just staring at him with French indifference as he was asking him questions about, you know. So when did you first get into motorcycling in Toulouse, Antoine? Stare dead eyed, stare eyed. Now, Antoine, we're gonna we're gonna ask you to drive along this uh steel beam precariously thinged over a, a small waterfall, and then we're gonna put out some logs and you're gonna have to do a very tight turn around them very, very slowly. And of course he'd win it. Of course he'd win it. <laughs> I mean <laughs> he's an athlete. There's you know, he's not gonna mess up something Mine... as simple as junior kickstart. My next door neighbour, Gaz, in my last house was on Junior Kickstart. It made him a bit of a local superstar back in the day. I fucking bet. He's bald now. Well, I mean, you can't win them all, can you? You know, it's it's a story of life, really, isn't it? An allegory of life. (laughs) You go from being on Junior Kickstart to being bald. And you're just going to roll with it. I spent most of the time chatting to you about cutting the hedges that, that, that separated our properties. In a friendly way, it wasn't a fallout job. It's incredible. I love the nature of some like '80s TV series and game shows. In that, how many series of Kickstart and Junior Kickstart do you think there are in total? I've, now, the way you've asked the question suggests that there's actually probably about three. They just kept repeating. Or are there? I mean, I don't know. You tell me. You've obviously looked it up. So there are there are in co- combined eighteen series of Kickstart Woof. and Junior Kickstart, nine each of the seniors and the juniors. So it ran for which, a decade. See, I'd have thought it went longer than that. Yeah, seventy nine to eighty eight, and then a, a one off special in June nineteen eighty eight. The junior one carried on till ninety two. Actually, that's obviously what I remember. But and Peter uh, Purvis hosting. I mean, he's been sixty four years old. For 72 years, Peter Purvis. Yeah, he's basically been the same age since since he left Blue Peter, which was, yeah, fucking ages ago. So thank you, Tom. Your mm. badgering has done the trick. It is a good one, that, though. I can't be like, I just kept Indeed. forgetting. So, you know, just to, you know, Tom will show, just mind me. Don't mind the Josh. He'll just ignore you even more and block True. you. He's a blue tick man now. He can literally send heavies round good for the lies. Too good for the likes of you. Yeah, you could. You, he's, you know, you've got a private security to send around people's houses. Now oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Anybody. I tell you what, it is funny how people seem genuinely. People have been much more. Um, what's the word? Polite about my shit opinions. <laughs> what's the word? I've never come across this before. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one. Weirdly, everybody's like sort of being really sort of like reasonable. Instead of just being a dickhead, back to me for being a dickhead. I find it very unsettling. I might have to stop. Stop having opinions. Right. Yes. Should we do some news? We should. Not I'm, a I'm busy. This week, is there? I'm busy here Wikipedia in. Uh, do you remember Cluedo, the game show version of Cluedo? I don't. Chris, I remember the Chris pub. Tarrant. I remember the pub quiz machine Cluedo. Oh damn right you do. I love that. I spent Touch a lot screen. of money on that in university. Oh, in I the got box. so much money in that. So I, mean, I, sw- I rinsed. I got so much money in the it box between the ages of like 17 and 23. <laughs> I, I dread to think how much money I spent. I was student union when I think back. They brought in a Coronation Street 
gambling machine because it's a private member's place obviously the, mm -hmm. the fucking jackpot's like 150 quid and stuff <laughs> people are just chucking money in there it's like this yeah. isn't very looking back on it now it's like this is really not unethical. cool we've it's all got about 12 uncool. quid to our name yeah no it's very like yeah i try like i can probably count on one hand the number of times i hit the jackpot in either pub quiz or uh Pub quiz or who wants to be a millionaire on my two wit box guys. And I've probably maybe won them about five times in total over five years. And the rest was just pissed money down the drain. I mean, I'm not a big, huge fan of, I, in that I don't mind, I've got no, nothing against gambling, uh, but mm. I'm not a fan because I find it generally a bit boring. Same. But I just like with, the quiz. <laughs> but like with the horses and stuff, we think, well, that horse might fall over and mine might win or something. Mm. Who the hell's putting money into fucking gam into bandit machines, which are computer yeah. programmed to fucking be much cleverer <laughs> than you are? Yeah, the fixed odd betting terminal thing, I think, <sighs> is genuinely fucking appalling because it's like, yeah, isn't it? There's not even a, a as you say, it's not even like football where you might just get, you know, a freak yeah. of something and fucking Burnley will beat Man City four nil or something. It's like no, that will not. Ha the computer says no, that will never happen. Congratulations. My granddad gambled on the horses. Um, mm. He was, you know, that type, and he had. Mm. I think he probably had something approaching a problem. Really, at times, he got himself into some unbelievable stuck with the with the fixed odd betting terminals in his seventies. Like properly scared the shit out of himself and had to like stop it. On the, I, I, they're fucking terrifying. They're absolutely awful, terrifying. Awful things. Genuinely horrendous. He's gone anyway. now. God bless his soul. Well. But yeah, but yeah, he, he sorted it. But yeah, he frightened Indeed. himself. I think. Anyway, news-wise, yes, uh, Eddie Jones has shown his ass again. <sighs> I mean, does it even count when rugby's most easily verifiable arsehole says something that a total arsehole would say anymore? Yes, apparently, because he's... <laughs> what is basically... it this time, Josh? Tell people who may not know, but they must know. Uh, yes, he's basically patronised Marcus Smith while at the same time being both disrespectful and wrong about uh, Emma Raducanu um, by basically saying that Marcus Smith should, needs to not be like Britain's most successful female tennis player in the last 50 years or whatever it is. Um and do things like have a life outside of rugby, occasionally do things for commercial agreements, go to a nice dinner somewhere in a nice dress, and that sort of thing. And he needs to focus on his rugby, which, I mean, I get what he's saying. When you become a superstar, all of these things will suddenly be on your plate, and it's very easy to lose focus. But... I mean, who is Eddie Jones to lecture anyone, be it Marcus Smith, Emma, Emma Raducanu, or anybody else, about the importance of focus for a professional sports person? That guy can't go a fucking week without taking up some new fucking consultancy gig. Yes. Imagine how good, imagine how good England would be if he focused on his primary fucking job instead of moonlighting for every cunt with a checkbook. It's just, it's beyond fucking parody now. It's also a bit of a nonsense, really, because in this day and age. Everything, including you're away from sports activity, is all managed to the micro minute. Absolutely. If you're an international sports person, even in rugby, which is still relatively relaxed, you're not telling me <laughs> oh, there isn't a can. You come to training then, you go home then, you eat then, you've got to go and do that, you sleep that night, that night you yeah. go out. 
it's all unbelievably managed it's, anyway. Yeah, so it's, there's no way like that your manager is going to go. I've got you 97 days on the bounce of going out and <laughs> going to movie premieres. You know what I mean? It's just a fucking ridiculous. Yeah. I need I need you on the catwalk of the Met Gala. Oh, by the way, it's the same day as you know the last week game, the Six Nations. That's not going to be a problem, is it? stuff or the Six Nations <laughs> stuff. It's fine. It's the... <laughs> It it's... also assumes that people are just like, yeah, I don't want to do sport anymore. I just want to fuck around. You know, it's, I don't know. Some I, people are like that, but I think it's a different, I mean, it's just a different world. Now, I mean, that's it? certainly how he thinks, but like, <laughs> like genuine. The, the, the other thing is that he just described her as the girl that won the U S open and didn't have the bother to know her name before disparaging her professionalism, which is like, for fuck's sake, man. It's not hard. She's got, like, a, very, she's got a very memorable name. Now do people not <laughs> get now? A bloke who's, who's 60 shouldn't be lecturing 18-year-old girls about whether, whether they go out or not. It's it's real, just... Like, what are you even... I also enjoyed that the Times podcast today, which I love all of you, I don't listen to, but I just saw... Um, Time Sport podcast today, the rock one, whatever it was, was um, Owen Slot joined by Stephen Jones and John Inverdale to discuss uh, Emma Raducanu, Marcus Smith and Eddie Jones. It's like, yeah, there's three incredibly qualified people to talk about what it's like to be a young sports person today. I mean, you know, we're, we're you know, we have a few we, exactly. on sports we're the, people. We're, but... we're no different in that, but it just made me laugh that the, it's like, let's get special guest John Inverdale on to talk about being sexist about people. Harley Worthy said he... I'd see Smith. Smith. Me too. I'd like to see him in a nice dress. You always suggested it. Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, But yeah, imagine it. He's, he'd look lovely. <laughs> that yeah. beautiful, beautiful clear skin and that hair. Imagine that hair lovely, whipped yeah. up into something beyond my quiff. Did you... I mean, I really like Marcus Smith as a player and obviously he has a haircut. But... It's it's not like he's got fucking. It's not like he's got a mohawk, is it? It's like Marcus Smith's haircut is by some distance one of the least silly haircuts in rugby union right now. He's just got a floppy ev- fringe. Yeah, he's got a floppy fringe that he sort of throw like brushes back into a slightly sort of spiky thing, which has been the sort of derigueur, handsome young man haircut since about nineteen twelve. <laughs> Yeah. Have you seen the entire New Zealand team who are having to cut their own hair? That's fucking. That's. But as soon as, but of course, as soon as the camera panned to him, what does Mark Durden Smith say? There he is with that haircut. It's like it's not a fucking haircut. It's a side parting. Yeah. (laughs) It, as you said, (laughs) it is the most basic normal haircut that anyone's ever. Really not that different. Ugh. Yeah. What was it what is it Ron Swanson says? Already three acceptable haircuts, buzz cut, high and tight and crew cut. Add <laughs> yeah. to that side party probably. They're the four yeah. completely boring acceptable haircuts. Absolutely. And yeah, it's just I I don't like I don't like how he's being depicted and like the media just seems to treat him like a sort of strange, fascinating like Objet d'art. And it's like, no, he's just the best fly off in England. Just and as somebody who had leave him be. thick dark hair with a side parting through most of the 90s <laughs> in the middle pine, <laughs> I'd like to just say that it's nothing to be laughed at or pointed at. 
Is yeah. it because he's got hair that might have come from a slightly different ethnic background <laughs> and people really, can't fathom I it? I am really fucking glad you said that because I've been dancing around that for the last few I know, few you don't yeah. know how to put it, do you? But basically, he's, people got fucking, like, he's got fucking Asian hair. What do you fucking do? Like, yeah. Yeah, some, he's speaking to somebody Asian. who had stuff that was not dissimilar to Asian hair, genuinely, when I was that age, mm. I do get it. It's big, and it's well, look at me now. I'm grey now, but and it's um, yeah, it's just bizarre. It is a little bit like people mm. fucking staring and open mouthed at Colin Kaepernick's fro, isn't it? It is exactly that. I've been watching a bit, and of that somehow judging him for it. Yeah, have you have you watched any of that yet? I have watched all of that. Have yes. You watched all of it. I watched a couple of episodes, and I was like. Oh, I mean, it's very good. I, I mean, obviously, I mean, I knew, it. I knew, I none of it is shocking to me, but at the same time, it's just like, God, being non-white in America is rubbish. But yes, very good. I enjoyed it. As King Slane said, he's a young half Asian man. That lid's been in favour since eighteen fifty. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and then points out that obviously half Asian Eddie Jones probably had hair like that at some point in his he life. Probably yeah. did. Yeah. Well, to be fair, it's not him that's mentioning his hair all the fucking time. It's no, people that, no, it's everyone else. He's more bothered he's, about him using his hair to go to... Yeah, maybe getting a fucking head and shoulders. Movie galas or, or something. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, back to the point. Yes. Yeah. It's always worrying when the first example you grope for... Sorry, terrible phrase to use, but the first example you go <laughs> for... Yeah. yeah, sorry, is, a, is, a, is an 18-year-old woman when you're an old man. Yeah. Was a no like it was, you know you couldn't think of anybody maybe you managed yeah. that that happened to, <laughs> for example. Yeah, yeah, or or anybody who's no longer in the England squad that you were, you know. Yes, <laughs> like, indeed. Or James Haskell going to the fucking royal wedding, maybe. Yes. Anyway, anyway so yes, yeah, yeah. Once again, just I mean. The journal, they'll report anything he says because he make, he gives you column inches, doesn't he? Of course uh, he does. Every time he opens his mouth, there's a new story because he says something stupid now. And it, it does add to the thing that he's just trying to get sacked. But <laughs> He's so bored. <laughs> he's so fucking bored. Oh. Any more news? Uh, short, just before uh, we came on, uh, Ken Owens is apparently going to miss the entire Autumn Nations series due to this back injury that he's been troubled by, which means we've got another two games of uh, Ryan Elias and Bradley Roberts. So, Well, more good. on that later, but... I mean, yeah, credit is going to have to be given where credit is due there. But yeah, I mean, it's still extremely suboptimal, let's face do we, it. Do we want to cover the outcome of the uh, Pitch Invader Man here in news? Are we doing that later? Oh, has there been... Has there been... I missed that entirely. What's happened? Uh, lifetime ban. Good. From the Principality yeah. Stadium. I mean, it's kind of the least. Well, least it's completely get. expected. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, some people said that he sh- his club should not be allowed to have tickets anymore, and I think that's certainly fair if that's the way their players are going to behave. I can't. I I don't know. I got a bit of a when that video was circulating out of the people lobbing pints at him as he was coming off while security held on to him. It had a little bit of the medieval stocks vibe about it, which I'll be honest, I'm not really here for. I'm not, I'm not really into that. Under normal circumstances, I wouldn't be either. But I thought in this case, I, the only thing I didn't like about that was that the fucking stewards got as much beer as he did. 
It was a. This is why stupid. they had. This is why they had stocks because that way there's no buy, there's no collateral damage. You know, you just put someone in there and they get the full brunt of it. So what you said, they should have mobile <laughs> stocks that you put 100%. pitch invaders in and then wheel them all around the stadium. <laughs> We've got to provide a deterrence to these people while people lob beer. <laughs> we assume it's beer at these people. Indeed. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, no. I mean, fair enough. He shouldn't be allowed near rugby again because he's a fucking moron. But uh, yeah. And Kerry Jones he's... says here uh, he's Kerry's read that he's also been investigated by WIU as a player to see if he's broken conduct rules too. I do I think mean... we need to maybe calm down a little bit. He was pissed that he I mean... wasn't a pitch. He shouldn't have done it, but thousands have done it before. He should be banned and stuff. But trying to find every avenue to ruin his rugby existence does not seem like a very proportionate response to me. I mean, I agree with you to a point, but I also... That means you don't agree think... with me, but go on. I, I agree with you to a point in that I, 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 I completely agree that it's too... It's probably a bit much going after his every waking stuff. But like... I just think it's like the natural end of, like it's the 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 peak of this fucking criminally unfunny fucking banter mentality that absolutely permeates both British men culture and particularly rugby culture. Like, yeah, what what do you expect if we sort of dickheads from all across the fucking rugby strata basically fucking giving a frothy fucking reception to that absolute waste of DNA Jarvo for the last two weeks. And it's yes. like You can't have it well, both ways, can you? Yeah, this thing, you, you won't respect any responsibility for encouraging that kind of criminally unfunny shit in the name of banter. Like That's the I worst just, thing about it to me. It's yeah, unbelievably me too. not funny. Yeah, it's Stop this is pretending rub- like it is. Yeah, rugby's definition of humour should have everyone involved sent to the fucking Hague. But you it's know. the Mrs. Brown's boys of banter videos. It is. You know, it's like, but now it's materially impacted a, a test match. Well, fucking done. Like, we'll never know what would have happened if Liam Williams. I did. He would have got tackled because there were three probably players would, coming across. He probably would have, but Liam Williams is very fast and he's also quite good at sidestepping. And we the don't know what was would behind have him. He'd already pivoted before. He'd pirouetted because the pass was behind him anyway. I mean, it did. It did impede him, but he wasn't scoring there. He wasn't we'll never scoring, know now. We'll, we'll never know exactly the thing. We will never know what would have happened after he'd been tackled. Narrator, or... I know he wouldn't have scored, <laughs> but uh... he probably wouldn't have scored, but. Who knows what would have happened in the phase after, or the phase after that? Because all three of those box defenders were careering across there, desperately trying to make the tackle. There's yeah. a massive hole in that fucking. He box might have stepped line. inside a bit better, man. Who yeah. knows? Anyway, yeah, you it could have passed. You could have anything to do. It was a knobhead thing to do. It materially impacted a game of rugby in ways that we will never know whether it would have changed the game or not. It might not have. It might have. And it's a direct. You know, he only did that blatantly because for the last fucking. It feels like forever all of the world's biggest dickheads have been determined that that Java guy is fucking hilarious. And just like, can we not? Can we just like have humour that's funny for five minutes? 
there's something coming out of that. There's something underneath that Jarvo guy anyway. He's obviously being paid for by fucking Paddy Power or somebody or something because he's getting like, too much how, access and too how much is he getting, Yeah, How is he getting into all of this fucking shit all the time? He was at fucking NFL when I was there the other week. It's like... I never heard of him. Somebody said to me, I'm sick of this Jarvo cut. I thought they meant Lee Jarvis. <laughs> I had to look was, it up. I was like, yeah, I agree. Also, then it was... also sick of him. But also sick for of different him, reasons. Really? <laughs> I tell you what, forget all of the sort of like punishments and fines and WIU taking action. Have you seen that video of the lad who tried to tackle Xavier Rush in a kebab shop? No, I have not, no. <laughs> but I can imagine how it went. But yeah. I mean, you can imagine how it went, but you genuinely are not prepared for what's going to happen. Because, like, you know, Rushy's being very uh, game with it. He's standing there, he's waiting for his kebab, you know, and these two lads, you know, this group of lads are like, come on, let me try to tackle you, let me try to tackle you. And so he dips, he sort of dips his shoulder a bit, and this lad gets to run up at him from basically the outside of the shop to the counter. And Rushy just sort of does that thing that Xavier Rush always used to do when he was running with the ball of just sort of like, popping up the shoulder and kind of giving a bit of the forearm as well. And the guy actually takes off. And it's gen- genuinely one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. And I cannot stop watching it. And I'm going to keep watching it on repeat forever. But I think as a... And then, yeah, and then Rushy, having absolutely knocked this fucking guy on the floor on his ass, his mates are absolutely pissing themselves. Rushy just quietly turns back to the counter and waits for his kebab. <laughs> Without any reaction whatsoever, it's glorious. But um, one of my favourite yeah, ever rugby videos is the Welsh lads on that steep street in the valleys. Have you seen that one? Yes. Yeah, well, yeah. He, he says you're going to run him and tackle him, and he, he, <laughs> if you knock me over, I'll pay you twenty quid. He just gently steps out of the way, and the boat rolls down the street. <laughs> and it's that. It's just. I know it's fucking infantile, but it's the unbelievable it's... pissing themselves that everybody watching is doing. They yeah. just always makes these videos. This is the it, and it, it's the the sort of absolutely unearned courage in your own physical capabilities <laughs> compared to a rugby player. It's like, oh, I could fucking tackle all of these fucking things. It's like, this guy's been like, retired for 10 years and he's absolutely destroyed you. It's like when you watch him, it's a bit, it'd be, for me, it's a bit like saying, you know, I've skateboarded once. Give me that surfboard. I'm going into the Pacific in Hawaii. Do you know what I mean? It's that kind of feeling. It's like, yeah, I'll go take on a 40-foot Pacific wave because, you know, I could. I know how to stand on something. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, like... it's extremely that. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, rather than that, we should just make him try and tackle Xavier Rush and then we can all just move on. Yes. We'll all have Indeed. a nice laugh. We'll all have a nice laugh and then we can move on. Any more news? Um, yeah, a couple of bits and bobs. Um, Owen Farrell didn't actually test positive for COVID-19, it turns out. Um, it was a false positive, apparently. Uh, and Or Eddie Jones just really wanted us to watch an above-average club fullback play 10 against a team who had a coach who was 7,000 miles away doing it over Zoom. I've just watched that video of Xavier Rush. Genuinely. Genuinely, it's one of the best properly. things I've ever seen in my life. He goes like a fucking Gaffron wheel. He almost flips three sixty and lands on his back. It's the reaction. It's, it's the reaction of his mate who has the look on his face that genuinely just 
he's completely aware that he has just witnessed a story that they will be retelling for decades about that time Xavier Rush sent him into space in a fucking kebab shop. And not for nothing. The, the bloke's hair and 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 leather jacket, bomber jacket thing is yeah, a it's awful. It's sort of a barb. It's like a barbary kind of leathery jacket, isn't it? And he's wearing loafers with no socks. Like all in all, it's a perfect combination of things that I'm absolutely happy to see that happen to. <laughs> anyway, that's probably the end of the news, isn't it? Let's. Uh... Yeah, I mean, it should be the end of the news. Uh, yeah, Owen found him test positive for COVID. Oh well. Da-da. So he's back in the squad now, isn't he? Back in the squad, ready to go. Not quite in the news because possibly um, that means Louis Lyon is out the squad. Yes, I still and I want. Just, the... I, I want some shenanigans here. I, I really want some shenanigans now. Yeah, <laughs> there's still time for Australia to call Louis Liner up this week. They lost. They've lost a couple of players in the back line. They can say that it's perfectly injury related, but. I want Louis Liner to go into that game with all of England's attacking game plan and just give it to <laughs> to Dave Rennie and go, there you go. Start me on Saturday then. So that's the news. Yes. Let us now. We're going to move into the weekend. Well, about 15 minutes sooner than we normally do. We're still not Bloody exactly quick. Fire. And uh, Talk about the many, many games from the weekend, which is obviously for so the patrons many subscribers. Games. So if you want to, if you want to listen to all our, you know, well, you know, it's probably nonsense, but if you want to listen to it, you can go to patreon.com for Earth, Blood and Mud and uh, stand up there and get a special RSS feed and listen to it all. So non-patrons, goodbye, and we'll see you soon. Acast recommends podcasts we love change makers is a new podcast series with me claire mckenna talking to people who stand up speak out or challenge us to think a little differently it's about the greater good families and children respecting their own individuality in the next couple of years like i hope i never have to have conversations about racism ever again i just want to get to the stage where you know people are just people nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. So that is the end of the weekend. And we welcome back our non-patron listeners. And my pen isn't working because I'm trying to write something down, which is very annoying. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So we do some shit good then. No, we've got some predictions to do. Oh, of course, we've got to do some predictions, haven't we? Yeah. Do the shit good. Obviously, we've got the prediction league going with uh, our friends at Match Pint. Uh, You Mm -hmm. download the app there. You go to the Guinness Pint predictor and you predict the scores for each game every weekend and we've got our own special league and you can use code blood and mud to join that league we've got a hundred and odd people in there now 150 ish people in there all competing if you if you predict within a certain winning margin you win a pint for yourself but if you win within predict within 20 points you get to give a pint to somebody else i've got pints to give to people i've still not worked out how i'm supposed to do it i'll be honest i'm gonna do it if you want a pint dm me if you're in the league and you want a pint, DM me and I'll send it Same. to you. Um, 
Although Guinness Zero Point Zero is out, it's getting rave reviews, and oh, I fancy having a do on that. Why not? Um, can we just give where, a are you, spe- where are you in the league, Lee? I am. I've moved up. I've moved up to oh, thirty well, odds from sixty odds. Uh, I've fallen down to fifteenth. Have you? You were like yeah. when you like seventh last week. Yeah, and I How got have you done all, so I got, badly. I got all the results right, but so did I. I. Uh, I don't. I think I overestimated how much New Zealand would beat Italy by. I did all that. I think I got 10 points for every game this week. I think I did. I think, yeah, I got 71 points in total. But I only got like, Scotland was the only one and France were the only ones that I got bang on. Well, not bang on, but like nearly bang on. I could have just completely made up my position there. So I'm just going to check. No, I'm 53rd. I was just making that up. I've moved no. up from 66 last week. So I have moved been a up. It's been a big week for you. It has been a big week. However, I'd just like to pick up people, people doing a hell of a lot better than us and our ridiculousness. Yes. Is, um, is um, Christian Cox, who did very well last week, absolutely, he's, he's, he's nailed it again this week. He's top of our league and second in the whole world. Fucking hell. Um, and he's got 96 points this week, including the perfect New Zealand-Italy score. How do you do that? Jesus. He's had, two, just... per- he's had two perfect score predictions. That's incredible. Absolutely amazing stuff. Second place is Christian Rose from Wales. Um, and third is Callum Rose. No, sorry, Christian Jones from Wales is second. Callum Rose is third. Fourth is David Rogers from scotland and fifth is dave Poole, who's got fiji as his team so i'm assuming he's mm. from fiji or he's just whatever well yeah so come and join in you get to predict and get to realize how terrible we are obviously um yeah. but you get so you go to match pints download down well don't, sorry download match pint from whatever you get your apps from join up click on the guinness pint predictor go to join a league use the code blood code blood and mud word and in the middle of blood and mud there for good stuff. So let's do quick predictions for the weekend then. So we've got Italy-Argentina, which looks a very interesting game now. Yeah, it does. I mean, if Italy defend like they did against the All Blacks, then Argentina, you know, Argentina only scored against France through genuine fucking... Batshittery. Batshit silliness. And a blatant blatant fucking knock-on for that try at the end where... I still don't understand how that was. Or he smacked it into his into his face. <laughs> yeah, it's like I think they're saying the ball didn't leave his hand as he slapped it. I, I can kind of see it. it. Nothing obvious, I guess. You could argue else, obvious. Using someone else's face as a backboard isn't allowed in rugby. I don't think. <laughs> but I'm prepared. Look, I'm I'm prepared to try the rules out and see how that goes. Imagine how tired O'Keefe was by then, though. Oh, <laughs> just, honestly, just, fucking, just give it. It's funny. Fuck it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, I think Argentina by like eight. See, I, 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 I don't know why I fancy Italy here. I, I, I think they'll be a bit pumped up for the weekend. Be a, part of me thinks it's going to be a draw. It's going to be like <laughs> nine all. Italy by five, I reckon. Mm, yeah, mate, I see, now you're saying this. I'm starting to, I'm wavering. Narrow Italy yeah. win, I think. Yeah. In a really, that... really, really... Terrible low skill game with yeah, really bad, real bad game, <laughs> real bad game. But I, I, I still feel like it could be a draw. I still think it could be like a nine all or twelve all draw. Uh, Scotland, South Africa, <sighs> Scotland. I think Scotland. You've already said like you fancy Scotland, yeah. In the uh, in the in the full discussion of the weekend, 
Scotland by five. I've seen nothing from South Africa that suggests that Scotland can't do it. Mm. Um, why not? That's why not now would be my sort of. If not, yes. If not, if not, if not, if not now, then when? When? You have yeah. to say that, don't you? Indeed. I genuinely think the way Russell's playing, I think he could be the. I know it's easy to say it is obvious to say, but I think he could actually be the difference because he's a truly, he's probably the only truly outstanding out half on the field, really. Yeah. Unless yeah. Franz Steyn plays there now. Well, obviously, yeah. That's the thing. They've got, you know, they're going to have to play somebody else at 15. So, yeah, I just, I, I look at that box. I don't, I, the Scotland defence is very good. And a lot of that Scottish team seem to have a chip on their shoulder about the Lions and how they should have played all sexy, sexy rugby. So fucking. I also think genuinely. Money we both is lads. Yeah. The Scotland 9, 10, 12, 13s, one of the best around. Best right in the now. world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They will fucking go into that Bok defensive line and they'll give them a lot more to think about than Wales did. And you've already mentioned the uh, shithouse back road that they've got in the best possible way. Yeah. Line. Yeah. And Vermeulen played terribly last week. He was just made, real bad. He just spent real his entire bad. time shouting at the referee. He's yeah. like, whoa, I, focus yeah, on I, like <laughs> doing some tackling or something. <laughs> he spent a lot of time putting his hands directly on the floor and then coming back to the ball and then looking baffled as to why he was getting pinged for it. It's like, Dwayne, you're very old now. You should understand this. <laughs> as somebody said, the Ulster effect is creeping in. <laughs> um, it would be very unfortunate for Ulster if they signed Dwayne Vermeulen just at the moment where he's gone. Like, like, uh, oh, yeah. where he's gone full Augustine Creevy, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Just wander <laughs> around. Be fucked. I'm here off. for the page. Shout to the ref. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you think Scott? I think we both think Scotland narrowly that narrowly. Yeah, yeah. I don't see why not. Ireland, New Zealand. Ireland will never have a better chance to beat New Zealand, but they won't. Is my see, prediction. I think, I think Ireland will never have a better chance to win New Ze- beat New Zealand than they will because New Zealand will I mean, take... Obviously, they've beaten New Zealand in the past five years. I'm not saying yeah. that, but I'm just saying. Indeed, if not now, when? <laughs> again, sort yeah. of, Again, but also I just think the, the thing that worries... like Not so much worries me, but if I was a New Zealand fan, the thing that would worry me is how complacent New Zealand look and how they look like they just need to turn up. And I think for 60 minutes against both a shit Wales team and Italy, they basically were broadly had parity, despite them being incredibly limited, two incredibly limited teams. And okay, things got ugly in the last 20 minutes, but Ireland have the fitness and the defence and the structure to not let it get ugly in the last 20 minutes. And if it's if there's less than a converted try between the two of them in the last 20 minutes, like I can see the All Blacks just fucking... I don't think it's going to be... Ireland by three is what I'm saying. New Zealand by 10, I'm saying. Also could easily happen. Could, be, <laughs> could it, it just as easily be New Zealand by 30? Could, <laughs> like, it that's, couldn't that's, just as easily be Ireland by 30. That's not going no, to happen. No, I don't think we'll be seeing another Chicago. But, yeah. I don't know. I just got, I got a good feeling about them. Well... We're jinxing people left, right, and centre here. But it's at the Oh yes. England Australia. If that Australia team turns up to Twickenham, England will win by twenty points. I'm so, uh, I'm not normally the arrogant English con in the No, group. I agree with you. I'm hoping that a better team than what turned up against Scotland turn up. So I just think England by nine. Yeah. I'm gonna be confident. Fuck it. Um France, we're into the daft stuff now. France versus Georgia. <laughs> France by 25. 
I'm saying France by 35 in that one. They scored yeah. 29 points against the fucking mad, insane Argentinian <laughs> crazy people. Georgia are not a good team. No, they're not. But I do think there's a, because of the sort of club associations, I think there's a real chance that at least half of this game could be spent fighting. So, <laughs> well, again, on last week's evidence, they all play in France together, so they're all going to kill each other. Let's go. <laughs> And then, well, Josh, the goat, the spectre, the spectre of Fiji is looming. Sunday game, so you can, you know, yep. the only thing you can, you need to Luxur- focus on. Luxuriate in the misery. You can go to church so. in the morning and maybe pray. Oh, uh, yeah. Again. <laughs> uh, I think probably Wales by two, because <laughs> I just think as much as Fiji are a decent side, I don't think, you know, again, their, co- their coaching team is staying at home. Fucking Lavani Botti is pretending to have a knee injury just to not be there. <laughs> oh, yes, like... <laughs> what the fuck is that about, by the way? Oh, lads, it is bro. Oh, yeah, Lavani Botti goes out to leave the squad because he needs a knee surgery <laughs> and then literally gets named in the Lord Shell starting 15 <laughs> the next day. What the I fuck? mean, it's completely it's out of order, but, but right. you, can't, you can't do anything but admire the absolute brass fucking neck of it, though, yeah. can you? Yeah, it's like. Just, just tell him you need knee surgery. All right. <laughs> we haven't got any doctors here because we can't afford to fucking fly well, out. So, what, what about on Saturday when I'm playing? What, let us worry about that. You just tell him you need. You just tell him you need knee surgery. We'll, don't worry. We'll deal he's with the just, world rugby committee. We'll deal he's with just the stretch, investigation. Don't worry. He's just stretching it out. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. We thought he broke his knee, and then we did some analysis, and it turns out that he just banged it on the wardrobe. So we're all yeah. right. Um, so yeah, you I, think I, I, I think they're going to beat Wales are going to beat Fiji? I think it's going to be a truly appalling game where Wales are going to look like losing it for large swathes of it. Well, and then for, they might four words, just... Josh Seb Davis at eight. Yeah, I mean, realistically, it's going to happen. <laughs> Something gonna bad happen. is going. Yeah, yeah. Some bad things are going to happen this weekend, <laughs> selection wise, <laughs> and you know. I don't even know what's going on with the, the teams. Really, why is Cam Sheedy playing fucking Bristol this weekend? Like, like he is in the Wales squad, and then they've just gone. Ah, you're you're such an afterthought to us now, pal. You might as well just stay with your club. It's like, well, I I don't understand anything, and so Wales by two. Uh, yeah, I think Wales. I think Wales by ten. I think Fiji will just lose it a bit. It'll be a relatively hope... comfortable by the end. Oh Jesus, I hope so. I think at least I would be amazed if Wales aren't behind at half time. <laughs> and you've and another sofa is broken. Yeah, you have. <laughs> and lo, another sofa is broken. Now Indeed. it's shit. Good time. That's a prediction. Yeah, so come is. and join us. Get download Match Point. Join the league. Blood. Use the code Blood and Mud. Predict your scores. Get, win yourself some booze if you want some booze. I've mm-hmm. got some pints to give away. If you're in the league, you can let me know and I'll send them to you. Mm-hmm. And there's like there's something like about nine and a half thousand. No, sorry. 2,600 pubs across the country that accept the tokens to get free Guinness in. So go yeah. watch a game, get yourself a free drink. Right. Shit, good time. Have you got yeah. any shit? Uh, shit. I mean, I don't like saying this, but fuck me. The Black Ferns have gone from mildly concerning... <laughs> we didn't talk about that, did we? ...to weekend, genuine fucking panic stations. Is it like if they lost 43-12 last week and it was a record... And the Red Roses set another record, 56-15, man. 
And they had Portia Woodman back. Not even Portia Woodman could fix this. <laughs> like, and it was like it wasn't just the scoreline. It was the man. Like England got absolutely steamrolled them in every bit of the game. Set piece, the breakdown, the general physical battle. They looked like, you know, they're less. We were a year from the World Cup now, and <laughs> honestly, it's going to be really interesting now seeing how the Black Ferns go against France next week. Because honestly, like France have given England much more of a fucking game this year than the Black Ferns have in either of those last two games. And if they lose that test as well, just stick England's name on the World Cup now because there's nobody else is going to touch them. I, I struggle to compute a quiet confidence playing against New Zealand, but I'll have to just get used to it now. Yeah. Like it was it was as absolutely comprehensive a win for England. This week, it's really it, al- it was all al- it was almost as comprehensive as the men's win against fucking Tonga. That's how bad it was. And I got a bit of a window. I was watching this at the weekend, so we didn't mention it. But I was watching this at the weekend, and I was like, and I was like, this must be what it feels like to be a men's New Zealand fan all the time. <laughs> it's really Just knowing, weird. Just knowing that you're absolutely physically and you know, tactically and organisationally completely superior <laughs> yeah. to anybody else in the world. Yeah. It also, I guess it also must have sort of made you feel a little bit of like what it's like to not be English as well, because like this England team are really likeable. Yeah. And lovely. Yeah. And I really like them. I don't hate them at all. No, I, I so. know. Some, yeah. There's something about... That the women, the route to the women's games via the unis, isn't it? Not via vast elitist private schools. So, yeah, maybe that's. That. I mean, that's entirely the chip on. That's entirely the chip on my shoulder. So you know, I, I have to admit, there's nothing reasonable or rational about it. I'm just, you know, how, how, it is what how it big is. is. How big is that chip, Lee? Is it a skinny chip? Is it a, <laughs> a, a callback? The uh, yeah. So um. So that's got shit here. James Mackay Mount gets in touch. Shit is South African fans and their video analysis. You've <laughs> won the fucking match and you're still pissing and moaning, lads. It is very unedifying, I will say. Well, it's almost like when the person right at the top of your rugby organisation makes it okay to piss and moan like for an hour on a video analysis after the game that you didn't like. Then... It somehow gives carte blanche to everything. Like yeah, saying that a bloke of... walking on the pitch is fine makes a piss head, piss head on them on the ground the week after. This is what happens, isn't it? Yeah, it's almost like trickle down economics, but it actually works. Unlike actual trickle down economics. <laughs> yeah, it's not gonna be completely <laughs> rubbish, but yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a funny one. I mean, you know, rugby is I like the fact that rugby has contentious decisions that you can talk about. Although I know a lot of people who and not massive into rugby, find that the most infuriating thing about the sport. But I mm. quite like it. I think it brings, and that whole refs having different interpretations thing, I quite like. I don't mind but, um, it, yeah. Um, it's frustrating sometimes, but I do quite like it. It gives a bit of character and stuff. But, you know, you just got to accept that happens sometimes, haven't you? We all have a bit of a chat, yeah. but it's just gone beyond now. Yeah, I think it's like, there's a difference between, like, talking about aspects of genuine shithousery that have happened after a game that, you know, have not been caught and need to be fucking dealt with versus complaining about sort of marginal decisions in a game you won 
that didn't go your way but were probably broadly right but maybe were wrong on a different day hmm. it's like that level of I'm fucking bored of it. What what are we gaining from rugby union from doing that all the fucking time? And we've all done it a bit. And we've all know, fucking done yeah, it. Yeah, 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 I know. There's a point which you've got to make a choice and go, you know what? I'm not going to spend <laughs> fucking not, hours pouring over this shit anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, Callum Forsyth gets in touch. He says, shit is pitch invaders. You're not funny and everyone hates you. Yeah. Agreed. Very pithy, Callum. I like, I like that. That sums up the whole argument, I think. He said, good, but good, though, is you and Ashman. Brilliant debut for 70 minutes off the bench. And what a finish. Yeah, what a finish that was, by the and, way. But yeah, we haven't spoken about it, but Jesus. We have, like we have alluded to it, but fuck me. Slight into kilos. Out, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, 110 kilos, he weighs. How? <laughs> Outrageous. Uh, Ryan Glendening gets in touch. He says, shit, is the All Blacks have added Shad and Frizzell back to their match day squad. Only six oh, yeah. months after sucker punching a woman and a boyfriend. You've also missed Ryan tormenting, um, mentally tormenting them for days afterwards about who's going to come yeah, after yeah, them. Yeah, all. yeah, yeah. Threatening them through text. <laughs> Great culture, yeah. though. No dickheads. No dickheads yeah, yeah. in that no squad. No dickheads, only cunts. Yeah. John T. Up North says, shit, is the Tonga lads going home with 3% of the earnings of the England players for making the same effort? England were making a very big point of the six-figure match fee that uh, they were giving to uh, Tonga yeah. for that game. Yeah, six figures, which is a, is is better than not better than five it's figures. Better than five yeah. figures, yeah. But in the same way that getting fucking you know punched in the stomach is better than getting kicked in the balls. It's like, yeah, I suppose it is better, but you know, it's still nothing to be fucking proud of. Frey Goodman gets in touch and says, shit, is Eddie slagging off Ad- Emma Raducani for no reason? Yes, indeed. There is a reason. He's a twat. That's the reason why. <laughs> I mean, was, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, any more shits from you? Nah. Let's move on to good then. Lloyd Williams. Have you, sorry, have you got any goods? Uh, we haven't oh, covered already. Good. Wales women won a game for the oh, first yes. time in two years. I know he's only Japan. But Japan are actually, Wales are so bad now that Japan are only ranked one place below Wales in the uh, the women's world rankings. And given everything that's happened in the last two years, absolutely nothing was off the table there. So just a great reward for everything that's happened in the last couple of weeks with the women getting professional contracts at last. And yeah. Only 10 bigger. of them, but it's a start, I guess. Yeah, and then they're going to have 10 sort of retainers, aren't they? So 10 full-time pros, 15 retainers. Right. And everyone's getting match fees and expenses, which is fucking so much better than it used to be. Um, what have we got? Are you going to speak while we're on women's rugby for a minute? Are you going to mention? I'm assuming you're going to mention Simi Pam at some point. Oh, what a fucking try that is! I <laughs> bloody love her. She's absolutely no business doing what she no, does. No, no prop should be able to move in <laughs> such a way. No, she is an absolutely insanely. Just all round athlete, and she can't. Well, she took in sort of the twelve channel, didn't she? Ste- yeah, yeah, yeah. Stepped once in again, through the line. Once again, proving that front rowers are the only people who can run fucking good lines in modern rugby. But yeah, just if you haven't seen that try, I mean, she Amazing. only scores fucking brilliant tries by the looks of it. But oh, fuck, I mean, the power to get through the tackle, then the gas when she goes. <laughs> That's the thing. Fuck she fucking, out. she absolutely fucking sits down two players and then just goes, see you fucking later. And just it's just, with, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. so good. Lloyd Williams gets in touch. Sorry, I was going back. Uh, she's good as the Black Ferns scrum half. 
Kendra Coxedge seemingly deciding that rather than this rugby malarkey, she was just going to see how much of a shit house she could be throughout the game. And the answer was a fucking lot. What a time for that. If you're going to have a bad day of it, just start shit housing. Completely agree. That was basically Tate McDermott's whole fucking energy when he came on. He's just like, right. <laughs> I'm going to be a cunt. <laughs> James Gorkrodger gets in touch. He says, good is Tebow Flamont. Yeah, five years ago, he started as a fly-off for Loughborough, and now he's a fucking lock. Imagine it was not, a fly-off. I mean, not a single shred of that makes any sense at all. Not a <laughs> lick of sense. Anything about his fucking career trajectory. It's the sort of thing that doesn't happen in professional sport anymore, and it's all, you know... It's all the better for it that it's this wonderful. still happens in rugby. I love it. Patricia Vieira gets in touch. She says, "Good, our our you know half Portuguese friend." She gets in touch. She says, "Good is Portugal beating Canada." Yes. Yeah, yeah. She said, "Also good is Andrew Conway, especially his hilariously ramshackle <laughs> third try." Nothing summed up the state of Japan right now more than <laughs> that Conway third try. Yeah. Andrew Conway's hat trick try as well. The actual try that he scored. Um, a, a word for Canada, though. Kingsley Jones and Rob Howley and Byron Hayward's Canada. I mean, talk about a fucking triumvirate of people you don't want in charge. Ben Russell has just pointed out a last-minute shit. I've just seen that Hong Kong are now ranked higher than Canada in the men's oh, rankings. Hong Jesus Kong, fuck. which is basically a town. And isn't everyone that plays for Hong Kong just people who've, you know, gone, you know, are expats who haven't been money bothered to go home? And money <laughs> People who work in financial services who play a bit of rugby on the weekend. God. <laughs> unbelievable. It's genuinely really quite sad. It is because Canada like... is a proper rugby fucking place. It's, it's a rugby town, a uh, rugby place, yeah. Uh, Martin Richard Charlesworth gets up, gets in touch and says, good is the Red Roses. Yeah, we've talked about mm-hmm. that. Andy Bradshaw gets in touch and says, good is the Imperial Death Star stuff. I'll fuck off with the Leicester. Well, we've had enough now. It was charming yeah. for about a week. We've had enough now. <laughs> um, Andy Bradshaw, he says, good though, was Wales. I know they lost, but to be that close with a lack of leadership and experience has to give hope, doesn't it? Well, you've, you're, you're a patron, Andrew. You've just heard how much hope it's given Josh in the break. So I'll leave that. I'll, I'll leave yeah. it at that. Fucking loads, mate. Anne Harris says, good is uh, the apologies to the Wales fans amongst us, but Fran Stain's long-range penalty was simply awesome, as was his delight when it went over. Following I mean, on for that as if well. you like that sort of thing, yeah. Dave McIntosh says, good was Francois Stain. Came on early and did Fran Stain things, nailing everything in defence and thunder-cunting penalties from 800 metres. Also looking weirdly elusive at times. It's odd to see what, what it's odd to see what appears to be a 48-year-old lumberjack ghosting through an international defence. <laughs> yeah, probably I mean, where Nick Tompkins should have been stood. Guaranteed. Yeah. He has basically got the body of a prop now. And it's it's a, remarkable. I've said this. I'll say it before. I'll say it again. He looks like he should be in Montana with a rifle, yeah. telling the you know federal government to not come on his land. That's that's what he. That's what Franz Day looks like. Mm. Uh, Owen Glendor gets in touch. He says, "Good is everyone at the major trauma unit, Ward Ten at the Jubilee Wing of Leeds Hospital. They've saved my knee and bolted me back together. Just need bone grafts now to fill Oof. the eight centimeter gap in my right femur. Fucking hell." This is the other week you'll have heard that he's come off his bike. Jesus. Yeah, there's, there's photos this week of him with like 
well, yeah, it's it, it's indescribable. But Owen, we're glad you're on the mend. But it sounds like a lot, of, yeah. a lot of physio ahead of you. So you know, Indeed. hopefully, we'll keep trying to make you laugh or piss you off or whatever mm. as, through this time. J Mask Double Vaxxed OC gets in touch. He says, "Good is old man Sexton." He said, "But it's shit that old man Sexton is still the starting ten based on form." Mm. It must fit, it give me a bit of comfort to see the Sexton Carberry thing again, though. At least that's you know, <laughs> it feels like things are thing. normal yeah. again. Yeah. Uh, Dave McGee gets in touch. He says, "Good as Ellis Jenkins. Oh my God, Ellis Jenkins! A hundred times, Ellis Jenkins. We not we didn't mention him before. Surprisingly, no. But... I thought he played very well. He did I play mean, very not... well, didn't he? Didn't do any yeah. contact in training last week. That's the no, answer. Which is obviously. another fucking uh, yet yeah, another ringing endorsement of <laughs> why is rugby still doing fucking contact training? Yeah. If you're a professional rugby player at the age of 28, if you don't know how to tackle, then <laughs> yeah, turns out contact is not a great shock to you." <laughs> <laughs> okay that's all right. I think I think just it is just over two hours thank you very much everybody thank you very much Josh and we'll speak to you all pleasure next week ta-da bye gotta press the button loads of times Sports Social Podcast Network hello it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.